Hello, and welcome to the Ecological Sensibilities Project, a podcast where we explore the different ways people think and feel about the environment. Throughout this series, I'll be talking to a variety of people from different backgrounds, seeking to get a sense of the ways in which they interrelate with the natural world, as well as trying to pick up from them how that relationship might have changed over the course of their lives. Although throughout the series we'll be discussing with individuals how they think and feel about the environment, the project itself is rooted in a wider sociological approach that seeks to understand how these thoughts and feelings are themselves shaped and generated by the vastly different contexts within which human individuals live their lives. As we listen to each conversation, therefore, the challenge is not just to appreciate the expression of a unique point of view, but rather to tune in to the wider social and historical forces that make such a view possible. The world is changing, and so are people's thoughts and feelings about the environment. The Ecological Sensibilities Project seeks to dip in and take a litmus test of these kind of movements. You know, geography is always is all about the variable character of space, and it, it, you know, really put and the patterns that that you see and the explaining the process why. And then along along in the eighties comes this whole idea that it's also about the relationship between people and the environment, and how that varies and, and and what those impacts are. In today's episode, I talked to Phil Brighty, a retired geography teacher living on the Essex coast, northeast of London. To begin with, it's a challenge. How do we teach this? How do we get this across? Um, and the more you get into it, the more you understand, and the more, the more sometimes all you can do is shake your head and think, you know, when are people going to listen? In this conversation, we explore Phil's experience of teaching geography in the 1970s and 1980s, as this began to reflect wider changes in knowledge about environmental issues. See, I see, I'm not an activist. I, I, I can't. There are times when I just think, honestly, it, I, 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 I feel very, very supportive of people who are, but it's just not in my psyche. We also explore how Phil positions himself in relation to activism and of how positive change can be brought about in society. Towards the end of the conversation, we reflect on the time and space that retirement affords him and how this also shapes the way he thinks, feels, and acts in relation to the environment. We, we, we were living in an apartment, and um, we decided, uh, well, Chris decided she would like to have her piano back, which we, we could never have got in there. And um, we decided we'd like a dog, we decided we'd like a garden. So we yeah. found a place here, right in the middle of Manning Tree, in a conservation area, and uh, Fortunately, uh, we, we managed to grab it before anybody else. It's not big, it's a little hobbit house, really. So yeah, so that's where we live, yeah. I start by asking Phil about his early childhood. Yeah, so I grew up post-war in Islington. Um, still remember the, the, bomb, the bomb sites and stuff. We used to play on those when I was a child. Yeah. And then... Um, when I was nine, uh, my parents uh, moved down to a place called Hoddesdon in Hertfordshire. I, I, I stayed there, went to school locally, left at the age of 
19, went up to Leeds to study geography. And then after that, I just kind of, you become a bit of a gypsy. You either go home, which a lot of people do now, or you don't. Yeah. Not, you know, nothing against my parents, but I, I, I was gone. So, I, <laughs> I, I, you know. That was it. You were. Yeah, yeah you I got a job. Tasted your freedom. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I got a job with CNA. Um, I, I was a management trainee with CNA, you know, the fashion company. Yes. For, for three years and then moved around a few jobs. Didn't really, I didn't really see myself staying in retail. And, I, and eventually I ended up teaching. And it was a time, it was a time in the middle 70s when the government were, of the day were expanding school places rapidly and they didn't they decided to waive the teaching qualification requirement and I was taken on so instead of instead of having a one-year probation I had to do two years probation okay. and then uh, and that was in a that was in Epping in a school in Epping and was that a uh, was it a state school or a, yeah, a yeah. School? yeah 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 it was it was one of these schools, actually, that that, that was a, a C of E school. So it was quite a little bit weird, but um, not quite as weird as a Catholic school, I think. So, yeah, they're, they're all I've been in up until the last two years of my three, three years, if you like, of my teaching. I, I was always in teaching in state schools. I ended up, uh, up from 87 to 2005. Um, in a sixth form college. Okay. Uh, and then in the last three years, uh, I taught abroad in um, Sri Lanka. And All right. Then briefly in Shanghai. Wow. Okay. So, so okay. They, they were obviously over private schools, obviously. Yes, right. Okay. And these days, I, I also write for uh, a publication. It's called Curriculum Press. I probably write two sometimes three articles a year for them and uh, I, I also write their blog and and you also so geography has been part of your life for, for many years as you mentioned you studied it at, at Leeds yeah um so did you I, I mean was that an early interest in geography when you were a, a child or yeah yeah we had a it always comes down to an inspirational teacher doesn't it and um, we had a, a geography teacher. He was also the deputy head, and he just he just got my attention. Particularly when we went into the sixth form, and I started doing A level geography, he uh, he he just got my attention straight away. And and it just it just it just rang bells for me. So when I left uh, the grammar school, I let them talk me into the idea I should do a business studies degree. But apart from, you know, the sociology and economics was interesting. The rest of it, accountancy and computer science stuff, wasn't interested at all. So I, I, I left it after a year and did a year out. I, I worked about six months for an insurance company to get some money. And then I got six months in a primary school as a, as a teaching assistant. Then I got a place, uh, I got a place at, Manchester, Leeds and Portsmouth and uh, I, ch I chose Leeds I think and, and it was just like dip dip <laughs> and I chose Leeds. Yeah. I, I, I love Leeds. I think yeah, at the time it, I, it was so different from where I, I was, I've been living you know just north of London. So different and the culture that I just loved everything about Leeds then. Yes. Uh, the industrial archaeology was 
was something that really grabbed me. And I read, I read there was a there was a book. I think it was called Industrial Archaeology by a guy called Buchanan, and yeah. I read that. And so much of it was based around West Yorkshire and um, East Lancashire. Okay. Yeah. I'm just fascinated. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was always happy that that I chose Leeds always. So, so just to return to your kind of early interest in uh, geography, and you said that you know a very inspirational uh, teacher in your in your yeah. sixth form, was it? Would you say that it was more the uh, human side of geography that no, you're interested in? It was a physical. physical. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I can. Remember, I still vividly remember the first lesson where we were we were talking. He was talking about weathering. Um, and the process of weathering and erosion, and they was describing what goes on at the base of cliffs, and I could see it um, in my mind. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things that it's always been a bit of a mantra of mine. And it is that particularly physical geography, if you can if you can see the process in your mind, then you, you know you got it. Um, it's just yes. You know, with kids, it's just trying to get that imagination working, get them to visualise. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was physical to start with. And at the time, human geography was, whereas physical was about processes and was about having best guesses about things, human was really quite descriptive. And, and it was quite, and it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a slog to get through that. But yes. obviously, as you, you know, I'd be... Once you get into departments with, you know, with, with other and sometimes, you know, much better informed and cleverer people than you, you, you know, it's what you talk about the whole time. And, you know, when you're yes. thinking about how do we teach this, how do we teach that? And, uh, and I, I got, I got, um, you know, I certainly got a, a much better understanding of, of, of human geography by, by, you know, through, through teaching. And then, you know, the thing that then uh, came along in the seventies, well, in, in the eighties, was the whole the whole notion of of environmental geography and environmentalism anyway. And so, geography has always been about you know geography is always is all about the variable character of space and it, it you know really put and the patterns that that you see and the explaining the processes why. And then along along in the eighties comes this whole idea that it's also about the relationship between people and environment, and how that varies and, and and what those impacts are, and that was something that of course when I when I was doing A level geography I wasn't I wasn't exposed to. We were we were at university, but it was it was quite theoretical. But but in, in by the time I was teaching A level at a high level. Uh, to, to sit from colleges where you know there's a demand to be to be pretty good um yeah we so that that came in but it came in at a kind of a later time that's really interesting so you you really noticed that um emergence in the 1980s of those kind I, of... I i did i think I, th I think we had it it started to permeate the syllabus um and, and it, you know from being you know a chance question here and there about where are the world's forests and all of that nonsense and the relationship between forests and and climate and soils that that will 
if I'm really honest, that was just a pain in the ass because it was just, you know, so what? Um, And it was a bit technical, not technical, but just a bit, it's just a bit, you know, okay, so where's the relevance? But, but, uh, but once you put the, once you put people into the, into the equation with the environment, then it obviously it, it becomes much more dynamic. It's not just, a series of you know of, of, of pictures of the biomes on a on a on a world map. It it, yeah. it really becomes you know a lot more than that. And and then you think, hey, you know, I'm teaching this. I really ought to to, to get to know this a bit. Uh, and 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 so yes, you do. And no, it's it's, it's a 100% established part of geography. Yeah. Uh, so would you say that that. Um... That kind of captured your imagination a bit as you were teaching that in the 1980s. Um, was it something you kind of describing that it was something you know it was a new, new kind of way of thinking in some ways? Well, it, it, I think it was it was it, it, it was new in the sense that it was something else to take on board. If I'm if I'm yes, um, you know, there's always things get added to, added to the the syllabus. Nothing much ever gets taken away. Um, so, so there was there was this this specialism, and, and and sometimes some 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 schools said, you know what, we're going to do that in environmental science as a as a separate subject. But that that's never really taken off because it's fundamental. It, it, it's fundamental to to study the environment to to have a, a kind of spatial view of the world. You know, to to know how and why it varies. From place to place is yeah. environment relationship so it had to be and and i think see, i say i'm not an activist I, I i can't there are times when i just think honestly it, I, I i i i feel very very supportive of people who are but it's just not in my psyche yeah um, and um so i don't i don't I don't feel it, you know. I'm not an eco warrior in any sense. I get, I, I well, we we can deep, we explore that later. But yeah, um, yeah. You so it it was to begin with. It's a challenge. How do we teach this? How do we get this across? Um, and the more you get into it, the more you understand, and the more the more sometimes all you can do is shake your head and think, you know, when are people going to listen? I'm a physical geographer primarily. I think. Although uh, you know, I'm very happy. I write lots and lots of stuff on 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 the human side, and you know, I'm just writing something at the moment on leveling up, and we do a lot of stuff on you know, I've done stuff on human development in well, all sorts, you know, town centres. What what next for town centres? But yeah. the thing I probably really enjoy is 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 working out how how the physical environment works, and yeah. and in the sense that that it you know. You, the physical environment in, involves people uh, interacting with the environment. I, I'm I'm also inter- interested in that as well. Yeah, and and so I'm, I mean, this is really interesting because obviously, you know, the thing that I'm kind of picking up or trying to pick up is is how how kind of in an environmental consciousness sort of begun to arise in different yeah. people in in you, and so. Yeah, I mean, would you say that that in in the nineteen eighties were there any other influences on you apart from the kind of geography syllabus and what you were teaching and teaching at that high, kind of higher level? Um, I, I I can't say there's anything that I remember uh, as, as such. Um, 
I think for me, most of the environmental awareness, if, if that's the right word, or consciousness, has, has, has come from the collection of, of, of information. And, you know, you, the application of, you, you, you know, my view of the world uh, and thinking, what the hell are people doing? And why are they doing it? I mean, there isn't a river, there isn't a river in, um, uh, in, in, in England that isn't polluted with plastic, not one. When you know that, when you know that every single water authority is, is deliberately putting untreated sewage in, of course it, you know, it becomes increasingly, increasingly, um, you know, something that, 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 that gets you going. Uh, it's, what on earth? Uh, sorry, there's all sorts right. going up my damn window at the moment. Never mind, carry on. <laughs> your, your dog's noticing as well. Oh, he, he, he's, we've got two. The one upstairs is a sentry dog. So, you know, she's not a fighter. This one is only two, he's only, he's, he's nine kilos of absolutely um, unbridled aggression. Yeah. <laughs> if he thinks that we're in, we're, we're threatened. Right. Yeah. You're safe. You're safe. Oh, we're safe with Mo. Yeah. His name is Morris, but you can call him Mo. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a thug. <laughs> so just just coming back to what you were saying. So you you yeah. said that um, you know, it one of the things that has kind of shaped your environmental awareness is this the kind of collection of information. So do you mean that the kind of influence of science in a sense of, of data, like you know of data, the, definitely of data. Yeah. Probably more of data. Um <laughs> You know, as soon as I, I'm quite shy of being influenced by other people's opinions because, particularly on the environmental side, you know, there are too many people that go too far. You know, there's too many conspiracy theories. There are too many, and and, and the situation is bad enough without being sidetracked by that. So you've got to look at the data and you've got yeah. to see exactly what's happening. So, for instance, whether it's English rivers and the stuff that they produce, which is is, is or it's freedom of information requests that produce the information um uh, that that's that's probably um where i where i uh, i'm sort of leaning and yeah. you know I, I will i will read newspaper articles um and probably probably the guardian is 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 the one i would read because by and large they're journalists and also the bbc journalists on the on the the website by and large it's factual reporting yes of course there is a um depending on who's writing there is there's often a bias to it but you know in a way i i, I don't read i don't read newspapers because the only newspaper i'd read would be the one that reinforced my views anyway okay <laughs> and i can't i can't bear to read the mail or the express or or even yes. the Sun telegraph yeah. because it, it slanted the other way and I know what they're going to say but yeah so that is the, yeah. my my I think I think my my views are pretty much data driven my, my Chris will always say to me yeah you know the one thing I always come out with is well what's the evidence sure okay yeah why do you say that what's the evidence and if somebody produces the evidence and I don't know it you know what can I say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. And and so and you mentioned there a certain aversion to 
kind of things being taken too far or conspiracy theories. Can you give us an example of that? Not, not really. I, I don't know what it is. And, and this is, the, I, I, maybe it's because I'm just basically lazy and a bit of a hypocrite. I don't know, but I, I can't, you know, right on activists give me as, as much of a problem as right-wing Tory politicians who, who are deliberately deaf and blind. And I can't, I can't say why, I wish I could, but there's something, I, 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 you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna glue myself to a road. I mean, and, and yeah. I'm not sure where, I'm not sure, to be fair, I'm not sure where that gets anybody. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I think a lot of the direct action is, I sometimes feel it's more for the people that are doing it than, than it is for the environment. But maybe that's very unkind. So the kind of activism that you're thinking of is is the kind of, you know, gluing oneself to the, to the yeah, road. Yeah, the direct to, action stuff that yeah. just that decides. It's a bit like, it's just a bit like, um, you know, the current London tube strike. It's, it's, it's putting everybody out to make a point. Um, and I'm not sure what what they think is going to happen. Do they think do they think that the the rank and file public out there are, are going to say, okay, so you blocked the the M4 motorway, we're with you all the way. Let's block the M5. I don't think that that that's not what happens. Yeah. And I, as I say, I'm I'm sure I'm being unkind, but I sometimes feel that the, some activists are doing it for their own ego. If that's the right word, and that's they, you know, if there was one in the room, they'd be shrieking at me by now. Yeah. Do you think I, that, I agree with what they're saying? I'm just not sure about the method. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think there might be a, a a feeling of kind of desperation about certain modes of activism that they you know? I do. Kind of. I, I do. I, I I get the frustration. Uh, you know, with, with all governments and all bureaucracies, it, they're so slow moving. I, I just just wrote a piece for the blog and it was basically saying that COP26 was a cop-out. They didn't do anything, they didn't decide mm. anything. Uh, they, they, there was a few token things. So I get the frustration, but I just, mm. I just don't see how, how sort of making these sort of almost desperate um, sort of efforts or whatever you know, sort yeah. of, is, is gonna make any life any different it's it's got to be a it's got to you've got to get to politicians uh, if you can yeah i mean what i'm picking up from you is is it's almost like your it's your kind of reading of of society and social dynamics and what might bring people on board and what might not bring people on board yeah. in terms of you know that's that thinking about whether these modes of activism are actually you know going to bring more people that's a fair, you know, yeah, a fair, fair summation, and and I, 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 I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think sometimes, a bit like the Green and Common women and so forth, it's almost like you have to be a certain sort of person to to join in the first place and to be accepted by that group. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't fit that. Sure. And, and most of the people I know who are, you know, left leaning and, you know. Or, or broadly um liberal democrat if you like um they don't, they don't fit that either yeah i don't want to do that kind of stuff but 
yes. you know they they are pro environment and know that, that that things are going badly wrong yeah yeah but so, i you know can i do it by the ballot box cool hopefully hopefully the present the incumbent government will lose a lot of its majority and start acting a bit more responsibly yeah and that's where you could that's where you 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 can change it i suspect and also through education i mean yeah um you know just making it making the the facts available to young people to say this is actually what's happening greta yeah. thunberg has got a serious point you know vote yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and when people when, when when you know people awful people frankly like nigel lawson you know come out with with blistering untruths yeah you know, challenge them for what they are yeah. so that's what grates against you in a, in a sense is the again sort of returning to this thing about kind of you know concrete facts in a sense like information data that that supports you know what is happening like you mentioned in the rivers and things like that and then you know when people flagrantly do not <laughs> stick <Yeah>. to that <laughs> i mean but the issue i find uh, it's, it's, it sounds of course it it kind of sounds very arrogant um perhaps it is um you know even when you present people with with the evidence um for all of this um you know some people are just in denial some people just don't understand it yeah. um and, and i you know I, I do think our you know broadly speaking the population the 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 um electorate are economically illiterate and they're also environmentally illiterate a lot of them and it tends really do not understand yeah. Um, you know, so, so what's the, you know, if you, if you build, if you build where we are in, in Manning Tree, uh, we're having something like, uh, 1500 new homes built. Wow. Um, apart from the load on the roads and the, I guess the increased air pollution, our, our, our drainage systems cannot cope at the moment. And what will happen is all of that flood water. If I, if you say to somebody, but look, the stormwater drains and the sewage drains are not separate yeah. at certain points going towards the sewage treatment works. So when you get storms, a whole lot goes into the river. Yeah. And there's no, no, you shouldn't. No, it doesn't. See, yeah, it does. Um, right. And that's because you voted for a government, presumably, or if you voted Tory, you voted for a government that, that privatised the water supply years ago. And yes. won't I won't put it back in public hands, uh, and then it becomes a political thing. It becomes that them and us. We live in this quite divided society, um, you know. So I, I get frustrated, and perhaps I should be an activist. But but what I'm picking up from you is that you you know that you, you're you're seeing your mode of engagement as being well within education and within politics so in a sense within the the structures yeah. that already exist yes within society yes yeah and, and trusting that actually you know if we do if education works if people do be, do understand the environment and they do exercise their political um 
vote and consciousness? I'd like to think so. Whether it will happen is is possibly another thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you find yourself getting discouraged? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, all the time. Um, um, discouraged when I'm talking to friends who just don't seem to get it. Um, discouraged when I see politicians just obfuscating or in, in you know, not just national politicians, but local ones who, 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 you know, just take short-term approaches to everything. Our, our local council, district council, deliberately, in many people's view, failed to set any kind of local plan, um, yeah. which would control development, and they, 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 they. They they put it and put it put it off and put it off um, for over ten years, uh, and they were never called to account by the the, the recent Tory administrations. Mm. And now we've got we've got this spread of housing over farms because far, you know the landowners think yeah I'll sell that I you know I, I can live on those proceeds I'm not getting much from farming yeah you know I <laughs> I really you know. I'm not getting much from farming because I can't get labour force because we left we left Europe <laughs> and yes. you, you voted to leave Europe. Yeah, you, you, uh, you know. So that those where the frustrations come. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it is. It, it it's incredibly frustrating, but you can only short short of some kind of revolution, which is you know nobody really wants to happen. You know, the only way you can get change is through education, and that's going to take time. Yeah, and uh, you know, but even then, you know, you could, I'm not teaching now, and and I'm I'm quite careful um, when I'm writing articles to to try to be balanced, and 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 you you just let the students make up their own mind um, on when you're writing the blog, it's more it's more opinion. But when you're writing a fact sheet, which is what I'm doing, you've got to you've got to be balanced. Yes. Um, so, you know, you you sort of skew the balance a little bit, <laughs> bit so that they can they draw the conclusion that you want. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, but it's kind of, <laughs> it, 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 there's there's such a there's such a, a a gulf in terms of awareness with with youngsters between the top 10% academically sure. and the rest. And, and there's a bottom, there's a, you know, for me, there's a bottom 40% that, you know, they're in the world of their mobile phone and, and instant gratification and, and, you know, telling them that the, the air they're breathing is, is likely to kill them or is, is, is likely to give them 10 years more of morbidity Yes. Um, it, it doesn't mean anything to them because they're indestructible at 70. And in the meantime, you know, they've, they've got to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. And, you know, they've, they've, they've got to have this yeah. haircut. And, God, sorry, I'm ranting now. No, but there, there, there's, there's other things that people are focused on that essentially mean that they're not interested in what you want them to get hold of. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Especially... <laughs> Especially yeah. in the, um, yeah, even even when I was teaching, you know, you you you've got a class of twenty, um, 
five will be really switched on, you know, seven or eight will be pretty well engaged and the others will be away with the fairies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's at A level. And, and, and the weird thing was, you, you'd know, you know, in academia, of course, if you carry on and if you, if you, you do your you degree and you're a, you're a, a, a jack of all trades and then you go down the master's route and maybe the doctorate and then you're really narrow again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Specialise in. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I think you know. I. I don't. I don't have the emotional energy or 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 or, or the headspace to be an activist now. I might have yes. when I was younger, but not now. And and just so yeah, just to come back to thinking, you know, asking about you and how you think and feel about the environment. I mean, would you say? I mean, in the same way, thinking about these young students who are. Um, you know, focused on other things and in some ways distracted from, you know, the issues that seem to matter. Would you, would you say that over the years there's things that have come into your life that have distracted you away from these things as well? Or has it been a kind of... I think it's you know, the other way around, to be honest. Yeah. I think when I was, you know, obviously if I go back to the 80s, um, I had a young family, um, um, all the sorts of financial concerns that you have at that time making your way. Now um, I, I I've got partly because of, of my my work history, partly because of the writing I do, partly because of the people I mix with. I think it's all of those things. Yeah, I become increasingly aware of and increasingly um, supportive of, in the broadest sense, um, any moves towards a, a much more um, sympathetic approach to the environment. Yes, um, you know, I've got the time, I suppose, and I've got yeah. the, I've got the space to to be like that. But also the knowledge. The more knowledge is power in the broadest sense. The more you have, the more certainly with my friends, I find you know the more information you can you can acquire if you're having discussions, <laughs> the more they're likely to listen to what you're saying. Yeah, because <laughs> they can't refute it, can they? If they don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and because you mentioned before, you, in the conversations with your friends, you're still having to persuade them in some ways. Is no, that right? Not, not really. We're, we're all pretty much of like minds, to be honest. Yes. That, yeah. You know, I mean, trivially, the 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 the, um, the kind of most energetic conversations are about what centre pairing Eddie Jones pick against Ireland, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're all. I think we 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 all broadly accept. We just we all throw up our hands in horror from time to time. Yeah. Outside yeah. that, you know, in a dinner party, I, I or, or any if I'm meeting people outside, um, and I can stay away from Chris's feet so that I don't get kicked under the table. <laughs> There's sometimes a bit of discussion that happens. Right. <laughs> so would you say that your that your friends kind of you know 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 you and know that you're going to bring it around to discussing environmental things or or is I, that I think it, I th I think that the people that we know outside you know my old teacher circle I mean we all we all share the same views outside of that I think people are quite wary if they get onto environment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they say something that is you know maybe a bit out there and you know a bit you know not environmentally friendly there yeah i probably know i'm going to come back with something you know. 
So you might not you might not describe yourself as activist, but you're definitely proactive. I would say it, it, it sounds well, like yeah, I yeah. guess, I guess. I, I I just think I'm a lazy so and so. <laughs> uh, you know, I you know, I love my dogs. I love being out in the in in the open air and um, uh, and yeah, you you you. The thing is, you feel things quite acutely, but. I can't, you know, I'm I'm 74. I, I'm not going to let it burn me up for the rest of my life. I, sure. I've got other things I need to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, staying coherent and um, uh, and not getting too bitter about stuff is, is possibly, uh, you know, one of the ways forward. Sure, yeah. Uh, actually, this leads to, to to one other area that I just wanted to ask you about. So, I mean, you started off um, you started off life in the city, and you've lived in many kind of urban areas, and then you've described this kind of move over the last few years of moving out of you know the apartment and into a place in the yeah. better connected to the countryside. And you know, you've got two lovely dogs, and you're out yeah. walking, and you, you yeah. live on the edge of the estuary. Um, so. Has that kind of moved to being kind of more connected with other living things and and nature? Has that has that shaped in some ways how you think and feel about the environment in a in a personal kind of way as well? Yeah, or? I I think it probably has. I I, um, I think we you know, Chris and I were very lucky um, when we went over to Sri Lanka we had we had two lots of three years in Sri Lanka one three years teaching and then and then three years we went back um because we just wanted to experience a bit more and um during that period of time there was all sorts of things going on in Sri Lanka with the you know there's the the uh, a misuse of the environment is is much more obvious there but at the same time, there were these pristine environments, and there's there's a growing interest in 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 preserving them. Um, the the civil war actually did quite a lot of good. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but because people couldn't go into the um, some of the more wilderness areas in central and northern Sri Lanka, they they mm. they went back to nature. It was it was quite 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 something mm. uh, for a while. You know, for instance, the elephants. Um, were left to their own devices, which is only good. Um, so I, I got, I certainly got interested in 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 that because I was exposed, for instance, to elephant conservation issues and whatever. I saw it at first hand. Took took uh, groups around um, some of the wildlife areas where where elephant conservation issues were. And so that was that was part of it. Yeah. Um, I think you put things, uh, and then you're being being away from. We lived in we lived in Colchester for a while. We lived out in the sticks in in Suffolk for a while. That was that was quite something. Um, and yeah, the more the more you the closer you are to 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 the countryside, the more you become aware of things. So I can remember when my my daughter um, Alice was a baby. When our daughter Alice was a baby, I. I remember taking her through the cornfields, you know, just I thought, oh, this would be really nice. And so off, off we went and um, I, I literally had her in my arms. We walked through these fields of corn. And the thing that the, it was a bit like Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. There weren't any birds, there weren't anything. 
But the chest is cool. Yeah. Oh, I said, wow, what is this? It's, you yeah. know, I'm supposed to be trying to dodge field mice and and all sorts of creepies and stuff. And there's yeah. nothing there. That's so a, yeah. yeah, I beca- I I started the, the 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 closer you are, you go into the countryside and away from people, the the more you think, whoa, what's going on here? So yeah, uh, yes. and, and that that's carried on. Obviously, I'm out with my dogs. So you you see you see the houses sprawling over the countryside, the noise, the the the, the, the sheer amount of rubbish that a construction site develops, and they just dump it. Yeah. And close to us, um, there's a big developer lives in a lives in a bloody great mansion, and he's the Essex Way goes through his property, and there was there was a lot of secondary growth, a lot of bushes and trees and stuff. He just raised them to the ground and put grass there. Oh dear. And he and he and he's just sort of tidying things up. It looks rubbish. You just destroyed ecosystems here. And you put put trees spaced in an avenue like it was in a French chateau. It's, yes. You know, he, you know, so you become, you see these things going on in the countryside, which is only in the town. Yeah. And you think, for Christ's sake, you know, he he put a lake in 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 his, his land on his land that killed a load of trees. Because he wanted to have a lake with a load of geese on it, so that right. he could look at them, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, so yes, you you be, you've become more aware in, first of all, how lovely it can be, but also especially on a sunny morning, but also what is actually going on. Sure, sure. And so it gives you it gives you a whole mix of feelings. Not all not all good. Oh no, <laughs> being out oh, no. in the no, countryside and. Yeah, the pastoral symphony doesn't play in my head when I'm walking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a lot of the time you think, what on earth is this farmer doing? And, or not always, but you know, but mm, farmers aren't always good custodians of the landscape. Yeah. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Um, so yeah. for you personally, it's it's kind of the, the curse of knowledge as well, knowing <laughs> knowing what should perhaps be happening. <clears throat> and seeing that it's not happening yeah, having a feeling that something's not quite right a lot of the time and then yeah obviously because of the people that I, I i chat with we're off to cumbria around the weekend and uh i'll be on the train with two other of my ex-colleagues and we'll be sitting there and you know reinforcing one another's dismay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful awful lot of circular dismay that floats around when we get together yeah, sure. You know, sure. I always want to go off to Switzerland or Scotland. Okay. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he, can't, he, he can't bear England. <laughs> but he's still here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Did, like, you see, did you see Simon Reeves' uh, documentaries on, the, on Cumbria recently? They were, they were good. I, I, I tried to, unfortunately. Um, my, my terrier, bless him, um, Every time he saw a red squirrel, he went berserk, oh, okay. and I had to turn it off. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, I know that's but, not the effect of red squirrels that you're wanting. <laughs> no, not really? No. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. No, we stay, we, we're going to a place called Cockermouth, which okay. is keeping our fingers crossed. There's no more rain because the Derwent floods regularly there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought Simon Reeve captured quite well the complex kind of entanglement of humans and, you know, 
other species and things. It was yeah. quite a nice geographical kind of like. It is. You know, I, it, it is I mean, and it's, it's mirrored in Derbyshire as well, because the Peak District is a human construct. You know, it would be it would be it would be low oak woodland if it, if it were left to its own devices. Sure. But but the landscape we love is created by grazing. And that's that's great. And you like that that diversity. So understanding that is, um, yes. you know, is, 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 you know, really quite important, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been brilliant, Phil. Thank you so much. It's, uh... <laughs> it's not been too, you know, I, I, you know, I think I'm a dreadful hypocrite at times, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, there are things I'd love to do, but I, I can't, I just, it just stopped me. And I can't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to go threatening policemen. And sure. People, you know, yeah. They're, they're bigger than me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and younger now as well. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're, as it's London and it's the Met, they're also not exactly, um, they're not exactly kind either, are they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Was there anything else you wanted to add at all, or do you feel no, like no? I mean, covered by, most by all means, just you know, if you if you want to come back at any time, you know, on email and just clarify. Very happy, whatever you want to do. But uh, yeah. you know, it's been fun. Yeah, uh, good. It says, and, and Chris is re- Chris will be relieved. She doesn't have to listen to my rant. So <laughs> <laughs> it's providing you with an outlet. So that's uh, that's always. good. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody needs that, don't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, lovely. All right. <laughs> Take care. Hope to talk again sometime. Yeah, it'd be nice. Bye. Cheers.